1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. Imagine for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, if there had been no Boston Tea Party. Would we still be under the control of England, run by a king? Imagine if we had no Robert's Rules of Order to run meetings. Can you imagine what meetings would be like today if we had no Robert's Rules of Orders? Well, today our topic is going to be Freemasonry. What is Freemasonry? What is a Mason? And it might interest you to know right from the very beginning that somewhere between one-third and one-half of the members in the Boston Tea Party, which was a precursor to the American Revolution, which caused our independence from the country of England, between one-third and one-half of the members of the Boston Tea Party were Masons. And did you know that Robert's Rules of Order were written by a Mason? And did you know that he decided to write the first Robert's Rules of Order, he was a Mason, because of a fight that broke out in a church, the First Baptist Church in New Bedford, there was a fight and there was a really difficult time running the meeting and he decided he needed to write rules of order and rules of decorum for how to run meetings. So he created Robert's Rules of Order right from our own city of New Bedford. Things you didn't know. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about what is Freemasonry? What is a Mason? What do you have to do to become a Mason? How old must you be? And a lot of interesting subjects like that. We have with us three distinguished guests. First of all, uh, attorney John Masala, also known as J.P. Masala. And he is currently master of the lodge of Star in the East Lodge up on County Street in New Bedford, 435 County Street in New Bedford. We have with us also Adam Pimentel, who is currently senior deacon of uh, star in the East Lodge as well, and also a member of some other lodges. We're all members of other, multiple lodges, typically. And we have with us worshipful Larry Santos. Uh, Larry is a past master of Quiticus Lodge in New Bedford. And so, first of all, welcome, my brothers. Good morning, morning Ray. Good morning, Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, the reason that we're going to be talking about Freemasonry today is because we are going to be having an open house at all the Masonic Lodges across the entire state of Massachusetts this coming Saturday, October 20th. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I should mention also that I'm a past master of Star in the East Lodge myself and still very active in a number of Masonic organizations. And the four of us who are here this morning to talk to you about Freemasonry First of all, we're brothers. Secondly, we're proud to be Masons. And thirdly, everything about Freemasonry, or most everything about Freemasonry, is something that very much appeals to all of us. And we all have a reason that we've decided to become a Mason and to become better men. And that's, that's really the most important reason why people become Masons in the first place, because they want to learn more about what we call the craft, which is Freemasonry, and because we want to improve ourselves. Masonry goes back a long time in this country, and I want to start out this morning by giving you a quotation from George Washington, who was, by the way, a Mason. One thing and only one thing a Masonic Lodge can give its members, which they can get nowhere else in the world, 
That one thing is masonry. So that's our first president, George Washington. Now, um, JP, uh, attorney John Masala, uh, you're just recently installed as master of Star in the East Lodge. That's correct. And roughly how long have you been a mason? Uh, just a little over five years now. Um, it's been a great experience to date, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying my time. Good. I think, and that's what most everybody would say, the same exact thing. And Adam, uh, Adam Pimentel, how long have you been a mason? Uh, I'm just getting into my fifth year, so a little uh, younger than, than JP is okay. in, uh, in the fraternity. But uh, same thing, it's, it's been uh, a real pleasure to get to know all the brothers, to get to know masonry on a, a much deeper level than I had sort of known uh, mm-hmm. before I became one. So it's been a great time. Well, there's a real fraternalism in, in uh, being a Mason. You want to help your brother anytime you can. You want to help the public and society anytime you can. There's a moral code to being a Mason. And I need to ask my uh, my brother and uh, past master, uh, Larry Santos, how long have you been a Mason, roughly? Uh, Ten years now. Okay. So I guess I'm the old man here. I've been a Mason for about 25 years, but I also joined late in life, so I'm really the old man here. <laughs> well, let's talk about the history of uh, Freemasonry just a little bit. It might interest uh, our audience to know that in the state of Massachusetts, we are the third oldest Masonic jurisdiction in the world. In other words, we have a lot of history in this state. We have a lot of very famous Masons from this state, including Paul Revere, who was a Grand Master of Masons. But we go back to 1733, and the first modern-day Masonic Lodge was created in England. The second was created in Ireland. And the third Masonic jurisdiction in the world is Massachusetts. So we're very proud of the fact, as Masons in Massachusetts, that we can say we're the third oldest Masonic jurisdiction in the world. And by the way, Scotland was fourth. So we actually preceded Scotland. But we have a great deal of history. Uh, Our Grand Lodge is headquartered in Boston. It's really a fascinating place to visit. And we're going to jump right in and ask a bunch of questions. I have a few Masonic quotations, of course. But the first thing I want to mention is that there is an open house, and it's going to be held on Saturday, October 20th, next Saturday, from 9 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's going to be held at quite a large variety of places because it's going to be held at every Masonic Lodge in the whole state. So, for example, if you're listening now, you may know in New Bedford that the New Bedford Masonic Lodge, which houses uh, three lodges, Howland, Quiticus, and Star in the East is located up on County Street, 435 County Street. But that's not the only place you can go to in open house. So what are some of the other places, Larry, that we could go? If you're from Fall River, for example, where could you go to uh, in open house? The Masonic Hall uh, up on Columbus, uh, there are three lodges that reside there now, uh, Massasoit and Narragansett, Mm -hmm. um, Mount Hope, and King Philip Lodge. And that's at 152 Columbus Drive in Fall River. Correct. It's the old Knights of Columbus building, if anybody is familiar with that location. But that's where it is. So, again, from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, you can go to that location. And how about, uh, Adam, if you're from Westport? There's a lodge in Westport also. There is a lodge in Westport, Nokachoke Lodge. It is uh, located at 305 Hicks Bridge Road. Um, it's right before or after the bridge, depending on um, which direction you're coming in. That's a fun building, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's uh, I guess it's a, an older building. Mm-hmm. Um, the lodge is upstairs. It's a it's a little small lodge. The interesting thing about Nokachok Lodge is that it's a moonlight lodge, so its meetings are not held on a regular day, but they're held um, based on when the full moon is. I think it's the Saturday closest to the full moon. Yeah, I think that's Something right. Like that. Yeah, there's some interesting uh, folklore and there's some interesting. Uh, idiosyncrasies about uh, Freemasonry. Um, Do you know why they did that? No, tell me. Um, Back in the day when there were no streetlights, the farmers in Westport and Dartmouth could only get to lodge on a full moon because they needed light to travel at night because the meetings were always at night. Okay, so they weren't worshiping the moon. They were just... They were not. They needed the light to get there. They needed the light to get there. Okay, that's good to know. Well, and they... They had originally been part of starting the East Lodge. They broke off, and they didn't like crossing the Pascomancet River at night. We actually have that in our minutes. And so they <laughs> didn't know that. They noted that uh, crossing the river at night just wasn't a, a good fit for them, and many of them being farmers uh, decided that they wanted their own uh, lodge out in Westport. So. Okay. They're also one of the only lodges that did not have a dress code because most of the farmers would show up right out of the fields. So no one was required to wear white gloves or anything like that because the farmers just didn't have the ability to do so. Well, that's very interesting. JP, let me ask you another question. What if you are from Marion or Fairhaven? There's lodges there also, right? Yes, there are. There's a Pythagorean Lodge uh, located at 13 Spring Street in Marion. And there's George H. Tabor Masonic Lodge located at 20 uh, Center Street in Fairhaven, um, Mass. Tabor is an absolute gorgeous lodge room. It's yes, uh, it is. very unassuming on the outside. Uh, it's across from Pumpernickels, if you know where Pumpernickels is, mm-hmm. on the corner from Wamaze. Uh, you go up a set of stairs that was originally built by um, Huddleston. Huddleston's Sunday school teacher was George H. Tabor and uh, his adoptive father, if you will. And uh, kind of as a gesture for all the goodwill that Tabor did to Huddleston. He built this lodge in his memory, and it's gorgeous. The woodwork in there is just absolutely stunning. It's really a a gem within the uh, lodges that we have here in the uh, 19th Masonic District or the lodges that we just mentioned. So basically in our district, which, which we call the 19th District, we have nine different lodges. So basically there are four or five different places where you can go to visit on Saturday. If you'd like to go to one of the open houses, there will be masons there. There will be some refreshments. There will be an opportunity to ask questions. Um, let, me ask, uh, let me ask you a question, Adam. What's the basic requirement to become a mason? How old do you have to be and so forth? Well, Freemasonry is a fraternity, right. so you have to be a man. Um, the age, I believe they – Lower to 18. It's 18, they did. right? They did. So uh, you have to be uh, at least 18 years of age. You have to be a male. Um, other than that, you uh, – one of the big things is you have to believe in uh, a supreme being. Right. Whether you practice Christianity and, you know, you call your supreme being God if you're – or if you're Jewish, um, you know, or if you're Islamic and – you know, your supreme being is Allah. As long as you have a religion where you believe in in one supreme being, right. uh, you are eligible. It has but, to be but mon- you, monotheistic. 
Yes, right. We uh, we don't accept uh, atheists um, for reasons I don't know if you want to get into, but um, that would uh, not qualify you. And I guess a Hindu wouldn't qualify either because they believe in multiple gods. Well, we we do we actually do have uh, some Hindu lodges actually. I didn't know that. Yes, but uh, really the reason behind having a higher power or a supreme being is. One of our requirements is being a man and in being a man, you have to um, show a certain amount of fidelity. You have to show that you're a brother and you stand by your word. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a moral compass or you're not able to um, show what you believe in regarding a moral compass, you're not able to um, – Stand by your word sometimes, I think, is, right. is, is really the thought process. So right from the Masonic literature, actually, it's you have to be a man of lawful age, which is 18, of good report, good reputation, and well-recommended. And you have to be uh, able to profess a, a belief in a god or a supreme being. It has to be usually a single uh, being. But in our lodge, in Star in the East Lodge, for example, and by the way, uh, Larry, although you are past master of Quiticus Lodge, you're also a member of Star in the East Lodge. Star in the East is actually my blue lodge. So all four of us are um, members of Star in the East Lodge. Um, but we have in Star in the East Lodge, I know, we have a number of um, Catholics, a number of Protestants, a number of Jewish members. Uh, we have some Muslim members in our lodge. And one of the things that I value most about our lodge in particular is the fact that there are so many different backgrounds. You don't have to belong to a church or a temple or any of those kinds of organizations. You simply have to profess a belief in a single single supreme being, which we call the grand architect of the universe. And the other reason that's important um, is because when you take your oath to become a Mason, you do so at an altar and you you swear an oath of secrecy and loyalty and so forth, and you do on the book uh, that is important to you. It can be the Bible, it can be the Koran, it can be the Torah, um, and, and so forth. The volume of the sacred law. The volume of the sacred law. Thank you. So um, it's not an organization that you must belong to a religion to join. It's not meant just for Protestants, which uh, at the beginning uh, in this country, they're probably more Protestants than anything else. But it's a very diverse organization. And the other thing that I value, I think, probably most about um, being a Mason is in Lodge uh, and outside of Lodge, if you're a Mason, we are all equals. Everybody treats everybody exactly the same. You could have a higher rank, but you're still um, equal to everybody in the Lodge. As we like to say, there's no higher rank in Masonry than being a third-degree Master Mason. That brings to mind uh, there's certain common terms that people hear in everyday speech, and one of those is on the level. That's actually a Masonic term. So yes, it is. So when you're on the level with somebody or you come down on the level, that um, shows that we're all equal. How about a square deal? Square deal, uh, the uh, third degree. Yes. You say you're going to give somebody the third degree. Well, the third degree comes from Freemasonry. So a lot of phrases and words in our English language and our lexicon come from Freemasonry. Someone being a stand-up individual, yep. um, you're an upright individual, 
also uh, alludes uh, from Freemasonry as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a really important organization. It's very important historically in our country. It's important in our community. Um, as I said, um, or maybe I didn't say already, but a third of our presidents approximately were, were Masons. And, you know, uh, JP, talking about uh, being equals and acting on the level, um, who was the president who came and addressed his lodge and he had to ask permission to speak? Was that uh, Truman? No, it, it was actually Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, okay. Teddy, uh, the famous story is, is that uh, Teddy Roosevelt um, showed up at lodge and he went into the lodge room and he basically – was just a, a regular member there, and the worshipful master who came down to talk to him was uh, his gardener. His was, gardener, uh, yes. Yeah, and so he he had to stand – the president of the United States who holds the highest office here in this country had to stand and ask permission from um, his, um, his gardener. gardener. Yep. Also, uh, just going back to Truman, Truman was visiting a lodge. Truman – Harry Truman was actually a past Grand Master of the state of Missouri, and he was visiting a lodge as president, and uh, the Secret Service was following him around, and they attempted to walk into lodge with him. Uh, one of the Secret Service members uh, was a, a Mason. The others were not, and he asked the others to sit outside, and they said, but Mr. President, you need protection. And he said, no, I'm going into the safest place that I can be. I'm going to be surrounded by brothers who all have my back. And uh, that's another famous story that um, exists among the sure Freemason circles. I'll tell you my own famous story. I was in a, a church to go to a funeral service, as a matter of fact, for the son of a, a fellow Mason. And um, I had a medical event myself, and I actually – passed out in the vestibule uh, actually in the church I was carried out and I was in the vestibule and people were trying to figure out who I was cause I knew some people were there and they had taken my wallet out of my pocket and they said do you know who you are and I said yes I gave them my name and do you know where you are I said yes this is very embarrassing and they said is there anybody here that you would trust with your wallet and I said yes any mason so that's how we feel about Freemasonry don't we we trust each other we carry uh, each other's backs. We look out for each other's backs all the time. Very, very important things. I want to give you a quotation um, from Theodore Roosevelt. I violate no secret when I say that one of the greatest values in masonry is that it affords an opportunity for men of all walks of life to meet on common ground where all men are equal and have one common interest. Theodore Roosevelt. So... One of the things I like to do in my show is give quotations that I think are germane to the topic that we're talking about. We are talking about the subject of Freemasonry. So what we said is that you have to be at least 18 years of age. You have to be male. Uh, you have to be uh, recommended. You have to be of good report. You have to profess a belief in uh, one supreme being. Uh, and then what's the process then? Do you sign an application? Um, Larry, why don't you give us some information? Well, in our lodge, uh, the first thing we do is um, we accept the candidate in for a dinner where he can get to meet some of the members of the lodge. And a lot of the times uh, they're rather surprised because they walk in and they meet people that they know. And the first words out of their mouth is, I didn't know you were a Mason. And uh, 
once they get over the fact that they knew Masons all along and never really knew it, um, we continue on with a pre-application uh, interview mm -hmm. to where we ask the person what it is about Masonry that drew him to us, what is it that Masonry can offer him, and what it is he can offer Masonry as a new member. Um, because in Masonry, you get out of it what you put into it. Um, just like anything else in life, if you join anything, a club, a fraternity, and you do nothing, you really get nothing out of it. Um, so we encourage new members to get involved. Uh, we run quite a few charities. Um, we do quite a, quite a bit of uh, philanthropic work, and we want those members to get involved. So uh, once they've gotten past the initial interview, they're given an application. Mm -hmm. They are uh, thoroughly investigated. Background investigation. Yep, uh, along with a, a criminal background check. Mm -hmm. And from there, they are um, brought before the lodge and voted upon by the membership mm -hmm. on whether or not they want to bring that person in as a brother. Okay. So let's assume um, Adam, uh, Adam Pimentel, um, who's our senior deacon and star in the East Lodge, let's assume that somebody has been investigated, they've indicated they want to apply. Now it's time for them to um, take degrees. How many degrees do they have to take to become a Master Mason? There are three degrees to become a Master Mason. Um, you take them, uh, generally you take them one at a time. Um, recently there, there's been a, a move in Massachusetts um, coming up next year, we can take all three degrees in one day. Like a one-day class. They call it the one-day class, and um, you go from being um, a non-member to a full third-degree Master Mason in one day. Um, but generally, like I said, you do them one degree at a time. You start as uh, an entered apprentice, uh, as the first degree, the second degree is a fellow craft, and then the third degree, you are a Master Mason. Um, and it can take three months. It could take six months if they want to uh, spread it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, there is some education that's usually involved um, to really absorb what each degree is about. Um, so that might put a, a little more time mm -hmm. um, in there for someone to reach the third degree. Okay. In fact, England, it takes seven years to become a Mason. I did not know that. Yes. It takes a significant amount of time. Uh, they have large periods between the degrees. Okay. I didn't know that. What I did know that is in London, uh, there are many, many lodges, hundreds and hundreds of lodges, because what they do there in London, I had a chance to talk to some fellows uh, from there. When they reach about 25 members in the lodge, they consider that's enough people in the lodge, and then somebody goes out to form a new lodge. So they have many, many lodges in London. Um, so we're going to be talking about a number of other things. We've got so much we could talk for three hours on this subject. Um, we're going to talk about can you be a Mason and a Catholic, and the answer is absolutely yes. We have probably 25 or 30 percent of the members of our lodge are uh, Catholic. Um, and um, we've talked a little bit about how you join the Freemasons. Well, I guess the first step would be to go to – an open house, and this coming Saturday, October 20th at 9 o'clock in the morning until 3 in the afternoon at any of the Masonic Lodge buildings in Fall River, Marion, Westport, uh, Fairhaven, New Bedford, 
There will be open houses across the state, and you're all welcome to come. They're open to the general public, and a number of us will be there to be able to answer questions. We have so much we want to talk about. Aside from the history, we want to talk about what's the mystery of Freemasonry? Is it really a secret society, or is it a society with secrets? And I'm going to tell you before the break here that you can go into the Internet. You can go into Barnes & Noble and get books. Uh, You can learn almost everything you want to know about Freemasonry. So there are very few things that are really private. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about that right after the break. And we're going to talk about many, many branches of Freemasonry, like Scottish Rite and York Rite and the Shrine. Did you know, for example, that every Shriner uh, is also a Mason? You're a Mason before you become a Shriner. So stay tuned. When we come back, we have have so much more information to share with you. And uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. I should mention that if you want information about retirement planning um, and financial services, give us a call at 508-998-8858. This will probably be my only advertisement because mostly this morning we're talking about a very special topic we have – I have – Three other brothers with me this morning. I have attorney John Masala, I have Adam Pimentel, and I have Larry Santos with me this morning. And by the way, Larry, let's talk about what do you do for a living? I am the owner of Office Technology Group. Okay, which is photocopiers and machines that uh, yep. office do scanning, equipment. office equipment. Yep, okay. uh, printers, scanners, copiers, uh, sales, service, and supply. Very well known. Where are you located now? Uh, you moved we just recently. moved to Westport. Okay. We have a brand new facility in Westport, and uh, we dispatch out of it. We stock all of our supplies there, and uh, we also stock all of our equipment there. And uh, yeah, we're members of the chambers locally, and mm-hmm. we're pretty active in the uh, in the area, both uh, with charities and whatnot too. I should mention also that um, Larry is also a jarhead, um, which means he's a former marine. And as you know from listening no to the show, I am a also a marine. So I I call Larry my brother, brother. Yep, brother squared. Yeah, brother squared. We're we're both brothers as masons, and we're both brothers as marines. That's right. But we won't hold that against anybody else, will we, Larry? No, we will not. Just don't stand in our way, right? That's right, <laughs> especially when there's more than one of us. That's right. <laughs> Adam, so, where do you work and what do you do? Uh, I work in IT for South Coast Health, so I help with the, um, the information systems uh, for okay. South Coast. Good. And uh, I know we know some mutual people there that I won't mention their names on the radio, but I'll share with you afterwards. And Attorney John Masala, what do you do for a living by any chance? I happen to be a local member of the bar. Okay. Uh, predominantly focusing on criminal defense work mm-hmm. and uh, trust and estate planning. And don't you find it interesting in our lodge that everybody is equal? Because that's one of the most important facets of being a Mason. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have IT people, we have business people, we have people who are retired. Every walk of life that you can imagine in our lodge. That's exactly right. Every walk of life. Um, everybody from your school teacher, your janitors to, as you said, doctors. Um, we don't look at material wealth, but we rather lo- we would rather look at your inner being. We we want to uh, find good men, and that's really what we're searching for. 
among our brothers. Well, that brings up an interesting subject. Let's talk about Masonic values and the things that we think are important and the reasons that uh, induced us to become Masons. How do we open a lodge, uh, JP? Could you uh, qualify? Sure. I mean, we always open the lodge uh, with the Bible, for example. Yes. Or another um, uh, book of uh, laws. And we open with a prayer. And then the second thing we do is we salute the flag. Yes. Because we have high respect for the country. We have high respect for morality. We have high respect for uh, religions of all kinds. And um, every single Masonic Lodge meeting will always open with a prayer and followed immediately by the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And how do we close the Lodge? Well, we close with a prayer, and in some lodges, we've actually started um, singing "God Bless America." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's traditional among quite a few lodges, and it's a tradition that we've brought back. Yeah, recently. No, I, I think it's amazing to do that. And you know, I first experienced that in a um, <clears throat> in a black lodge, Prince Hall Lodge. And I'd like to mention just a quick word about Prince Hall Freemasonry as well. Although we have a long history as being the third oldest jurisdiction in the world for Freemasonry, 1733 in Massachusetts, we also have a parallel organization called Prince Hall Lodge. And guess which state was the first state to recognize Prince Hall Masons as being equal? It was Massachusetts, but not only was it Massachusetts, but it happened to be here in New Bedford that – really helped to orchestrate the mutual recognition between the uh, Prince Hall jurisdiction and uh, the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts. And from there, uh, more and more states have recognized each other. And our Grand Lodge, the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts, has just announced that they will now recognize all Prince Hall jurisdictions here in uh, the United States. Wonderful, wonderful. And I didn't know that little tidbit about New Bedford history. That's that's very interesting. You know, the one thing that I would say we all feel as Masons is pride. We're all proud to be Masons. And there's always such a feeling of fraternity and camaraderie when you go into Lodge and you say hello to people that you haven't seen for a month. Um, I guess one question that gets asked sometimes is, what's the time commitment to become a Mason? I guess it's as much or as little as you want. Lodge typically meets once a month, so... If you can go once a month, you do that. If you want to belong to multiple lodges and go more often, you can do that too, right? Yep, that's correct. Well, masonry is not just about the lodge night. The lodge is a very important aspect of being a mason. Mm -hmm. But for every interest that you have, there's different organizations, different clubs within masonry that you can become involved in. Right. So some people will tell you it's one night a month. Uh, it can be as many nights out of the week as, as you want. You can go and visit other lodges. Sometimes we're referred to as traveling men. So we have an opportunity to visit any lodge in really any jurisdiction in the United States and around the world. Have you done that? I, I have. I've uh, traveled quite extensively, um, not so much in Europe. I've, I've been to lodge in Canada. I've been to lodges in other states uh, – I've been warmly received by the Grand Lodge of Philadelphia and visited lodges there. Very nice. I've um, had an opportunity to travel with um, the most worshipful Grand Lodge of Prince Hall, Massachusetts. 
um, as an ambassador of our Grand Lodge here in Massachusetts and have had a really great time. And as, as you said, a brother, wherever you are, will reach out and do really neat things. Like I've been in Philadelphia. We've been taken out to dinner um, by brothers in Philadelphia. We've had uh, brothers open up their homes to us when we've been traveling um, each lodge has its own unique culture, its own unique flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've traveled with Adam to different lodges as well, and Larry, and, and you. Yes. And uh, my one and only trip to Hawaii, I did a little research before I went there and discovered that the week that I was going to be in Maui, the Grand Lodge of Hawaii was going to be meeting in Hawaii to celebrate their centennial, their 100th anniversary. And at the time, I happened to be a Grand Steward from Grand Lodge, a Grand Lodge officer. So I got a letter of introduction from the Grand Secretary's office. I took my Masonic apron and my jewel with me. I contacted the master of the lodge where this was going to take place ahead of time. And I went to their ceremony, and it was spectacular. And they introduced me. I was probably the farthest traveling person by distance. And I talked to them briefly about the important historical connections between New Bedford and Hawaii. And I gave them the warm fraternal greetings of the Grand Master. And it was really exciting to do something like that. It was a lot of fun. So you alluded to the fact that King Kamehameha paid our lodges a visit when he came to visit. I did. Yeah. Not only that, but um, initially in Hawaiian history, um, local Hawaiians became Masons as well, and then they split off and formed a, a parallel sort of organization called the Royal Order of Kamehameha. So they came to help celebrate the 100th anniversary in Hawaii, and they had members of the Royal Order of Kamehameha come in wearing these beautiful decorative you know, red and yellow and saffron robes, and they came in singing Hawaiian music. It was just amazing. just would totally blow your mind to watch that. So visiting other lodges is fun. I've also visited the Grand Lodge in London when I was there. That wasn't in session at the time. Um, I've visited lodges in Florida and been brought up to the east to sit in the chair because I was a past master of my lodge. And So it's fun to travel. There are many benefits. But Freemasonry is not just about fraternalism and having friends everywhere and having brothers everywhere. It's also about charity. So let's talk about some of the charitable things that we do that the public may not know about. Many of the things that we do are to help children, for example. Uh, the Scottish Rite has early learning centers uh, that teaches kids with uh, disabilities uh, learning. Uh, York Rite does eye research. And in our local New Bedford Lodge, in our local star in the east, the combined lodges in this area put together an annual dinner for the homeless Around uh, the time of uh, Christmas time, roughly. We also have our Angel Fund, yep. which helps uh, school talk, talk children. Talk about the Angel Fund for a minute. <clears throat> the Angel Fund will help um, support children in need, uh, particularly with uh, personal effects, um, you know, clothing, underwear, um, glasses. Glasses have become very, very expensive, and many insurance companies aren't covering them anymore. And it's anonymous. And, and it's completely anonymous. Um, it's run actually through the school systems. Mm-hmm. The principal of the school reaches out to our lodge, um, identifies um, the need for whatever, and we reach into the angel fund and uh, we acquire that whatever for said child. Yeah, I've, I've uh, 
put in a recommendation at one point for a pair of glasses for somebody who needed glasses and has a real bad vision problem. And um, that young man later became a mason in our lodge as well. Yep. We uh, just donated to an organization in Mattapoiset, uh, the Namaskit Group. They had a family in need uh, of a vehicle, and we helped to acquire the down payment for them so that this family could get a mobility van mm -hmm. for their son. And I know the Masons locally have also been involved in Gifts to Give program, right? Very much so. And, and helping with that. Um, scholarships. Scholarships are really big. Um, Grand Lodge of Masons gives out scholarships every year. Uh, usually around 35 scholarships are given out, and they can be as much as $5,000. The Scottish Rite um, Organization um, gives out something called an Abbott Scholarship, and typically they're 1000 to $1,500, and they help a lot of kids go to school. Now, those are primarily for children and grandchildren of Masons or people who are Masons themselves. So if you're 18 years of age and older... Um, this is another reason to think about joining Freemasonry. It's not the most important reason, but it's another reason. A reminder, we are having open houses at um, all the Masonic lodges across the state of Massachusetts this coming Saturday, October 20th, 9 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock. Uh, just walk in. We'll give you the addresses again in just a minute. A quick quotation from President Taft, William Howard Taft. The true Mason always carries his working tools everywhere. Nice little quotation. Because we're always Masons. You know, we always try to help other people who need help. Ray, Let's, I'm pretty sure nobody knows what our working tools are. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us? <laughs> Larry, go ahead. We act upon the square, which means we square our actions and ensure that we are true friends and brothers to one another. Okay, there's, there's no dissent among Masons. Um, we live on the level and meet upon the level, which means no matter our station in life, we are all on the same level as Masons. We are all brothers. And then there is the um, plum, mm -hmm. which makes us to walk uprightly in all of our stations, whether it be in life or in masonry. So we use symbolism in Freemasonry. Quite a bit. The square, the level, and the plumb. They're like carpenter's tools in a way. And we call those the working tools. That's because they we're really always they really, building. Yeah, they, they really define how we act. Correct? Correct. That's why uh, President Taft said we carry our working tools everywhere. If anyone is interested in becoming a mason or knowing more about it, by the way, and you can't attend the open house... You can always give a call to any one of us, Attorney John Masala, Adam Pimentel, Larry Santos, or myself, Ray Lance. You can call me at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to give you more information. Um, we've only got could, about another 10. Could I also insert sure. this as well? Uh, MassMasons.org is another uh, good resource that they could reach out to. Uh, okay. It's a – it's the Grand Lodge website. If you contact them and you're not able to reach one of us, um, they can put you in touch with us. Good. Let's talk about some of the other branches of Freemasonry before we run out of time. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the famous Masons. I mean, not every Mason is famous. I don't think anybody in this room is famous yet. Possibly infamous. Infamous, maybe. Well... We won't say anything about the Marines today, Larry. No? 
No, but let's but talk there about are the famous d- Masons and the Marines. Uh, well, like who? Samuel Nichols. Okay. The very first commandant of the Marine Corps was a Mason. Okay, I didn't know at that. At the Lodge of Tun Tavern. I figured you would say something about that. How could I not? Of course. In fact, we visited the site of Tun Tavern in Philadelphia. We did when we went to Grand Lodge. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the different branches of Freemasonry because people don't know that. So you go through, as Adam was saying, you go through three steps, three different degrees, first, second, and third degree. And at that point, you're a Master Mason. And it's often said there is no greater rank in Freemasonry than that of, or no greater title than that of Master Mason. We may go on and do other kinds of things. So there's the York Bright, Bright branch, um, and uh, you can become a Knight Templar going through the York Bright, Bright branch. There's the Scottish Rite branch. Um, I'm a member of both, and maybe you folks belong to some of them as well. I do. I know you do, uh, JP. Um, and they also award uh, are put on different degrees where you can learn different further lessons in Freemason Freemasonry, everything from uh, charity and tolerance and forgiveness and lots of different things are learned through the lessons of the advanced degrees. One of the important things I'd like to mention, however, is um, the shrine. We talked about it briefly. It's, it's one of the most visible examples of Freemasonry because I think there's like 24 hospitals right now, Shriners Hospitals. The care is 100% free. Um, if you have insurance, they'll take the insurance because they have to operate. But Masons and other people around the world donate approximately $2 million a day to go into the Shriners hospitals. Originally, they were created to uh, help kids and people with burns. So you've heard of the Shriners Burns Institute. Uh, Because of fire safety, uh, more recently, uh, they're more devoted to orthopedics in kids with childhood deformities like cleft palates and things of that nature. And they come from all over the world. So it's, it's an amazing thing we do. You heard of the Shrine, East-West Shrine football game. Um, the NFL uh, adopted the Shrine Hospitals in 2017 as their most important charity to support. Uh, it's just a great institution. And um, every Shriner is, first of all, a Mason. So... Here's a quotation from Dave Thomas. There are no strangers in Freemasonry, only friends you've yet to meet. I think that's a great expression of Freemasonry. Let's talk just a little bit about um, some famous Masons that you may not be aware of. And we've all got our little list here. Um, John Jacob Astor, a famous uh, entrepreneur. Gene Autry, country singer, was a Mason. Louis Armstrong was a Mason. As I said, about a third of our presidents uh, were Mason. Count Basie was a Mason. Um, Country singer uh, Brad Paisley happens to be one I did not know that. Yes. Well, good for him. I didn't know that. Um, Bobby Burns, Robert Burns, Scottish poet, was a Mason. Um, Who else has some names you want to suggest? Anybody? Neil Armstrong and, and Buzz Aldrin. Okay. And let's not forget the Duke. The Duke. Yep. Arnie Arnie Palmer. How about Winston Churchill? Sir Winston Churchill was a Mason. I didn't know that until I was preparing some materials for this show. So there are many, many people throughout history who have been uh, Masons. And 
We've got pages and pages and pages. We're not going to try to read them all. And some of them are little obscure names that you wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, and I had forgotten about John Glenn. Um, Jerry Ford, Gerald, President Gerald Ford. Oh, it says J. Edgar Hoover, too. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, he became a Mason, I believe, at a really young age. I think he was like 25 when he became a Mason. Mm. Um, well, that's not really so young, is it? But throughout history, there have been many people who have been uh, leaders um, in this country or leaders in the various industries or Thirteen places. signers of the Declaration of Independence. Yep. Um, Paul Revere, as we said, was a Mason as well and also a Grand Master in, in this. Uh, presidents, uh, George Washington. Did you know that in the Revolutionary War we had a lot of help from the French? And do you know who one of the French generals was that gave a lot of help to George Washington? Lafayette. Lafayette. Did you know that Lafayette was also a Mason? I did. So when you go to visit the George Washington National Masonic Memorial, you'll see his apron there, his Masonic apron and George Washington's Masonic apron. Go ahead. (laughs) You're dying to say something. Well, yeah, Tom Thumb from P.T. Barnum's Circus was a Mason. In fact... He was a member of Mayflower Lodge, which is located in Middleborough, okay. and they actually have um, one of his aprons, and it's this very small apron, but uh, they accepted him as a mason as well. Hmm. So. You know, I should mention, we talked about different religious backgrounds in our own lodge. Uh, we also have a number of members of our lodge who are African-Americans. That's correct. So they don't necessarily go into just the Prince Hall Lodge of Masons, which is typically for African-Americans. But, but we, we embrace every, everybody. yes, everyone. That's, that's exactly Every race, right. every religion, religion, every creed. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, of course, was a Mason, very famously, as we've talked about. Uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, James Garfield, William McKinley, um, Warren Harding, Jerry Ford, Lyndon Johnson. I didn't know until recently that Lyndon Johnson was also a Mason. Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, uh, many, many, many presidents have been Masons. It's a great organization. Mostly it's an organization where um, you can always feel comfortable because you're always going to feel welcome when you go into a lodge. And, you know, we've touched on these famous, and these are nationally famous or world-famous Freemasons, but within our lodges in New Bedford, we've had names that people in this area would, would recognize um, our members included people with names like Kempton and Cogsall and Tabor, um, Allen, Good point. Nye. So uh, when you, if you grew up in New Bedford as I did or if you live in work, um, a lot of street names, schools, monuments um, are named after, if, if not the member of uh, one of the New Bedford lodges, uh, at least the same family. Uh, so there's a lot of local history right in um, our lodges that, you know, we see every day. And it, 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 now that I've become a Freemason, I've, I've gotten to know who the people in my particular large star in the East Lodge, you know, I can't travel through the city without being reminded that, you know, this person, you know, uh, had an effect on the city um, in a positive way, and I'm now, in a way, connected with that person. And it's a, it's a great reminder, I think, that we all have the ability to do 
uh, great things. And, and if you have the ability, you should. Well, that, that's a great um, th- that's a great compliment to Freemasonry, and I had forgotten, or I actually did know about Cogsall and some of the other names. So that's really interesting to know. It is a fact also that almost every uh, major building in this country, the cornerstone of the building has been laid in place by a Masonic order at the north at the northeast corner of the of the building. Uh, all the the Capitol building, all the major government buildings in Washington. So it's a very proud organization. Um, if you'd like to learn more, we invite you to think about becoming a Mason. If you're over the age of 18, if you can profess a belief in a single uh, supreme being, uh, come visit us at an open house to learn more on Saturday, October 20th, Saturday coming up, 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And does somebody want to read off quickly some of the addresses for where they can go? Sure. In New Bedford, uh, our lodge is right on the corner of County and Union. So uh, the address is 435 County Street in New Bedford. Uh, If you are around the Marion area, uh, Pythagorean Lodge is at 13 Spring Street. Uh, In Fairhaven, we have George H. Tabor Lodge. That's at 20 Center Street. Uh, In Westport, we have Nokotoke Lodge on 305 Hicks Bridge Road. And in Fall River, we have... um, there are three lodges there, and their building is at 152 Columbus Drive. I would like to thank my brothers, uh, Attorney John Pimentel, I mean, excuse me, Attorney John Masella, Adam Pimentel, and Larry Santos. Uh, my brothers, uh, thank you so much for being with us. My final quotation this morning is from Douglas MacArthur. Freemasonry embraces the highest moral laws and will bear the test of any system of ethics or philosophy ever promulgated for the uplift of man. Thank you for listening.